is Kevin Rogers with Sidewalk Skyline Podcast. You know, 38 years ago, I spilled out of Bible college into the ever-changing and ever-challenging world of public ministry. Uh, In that time, uh, I've had to develop some uh, healthy practices uh, to to keep my mind from becoming obsessive, uh, overly anxious. Uh, I'm maybe a a rare breed in that I'm uh, blessed with an abundant amount of a peaceful mind. (laughs) Um, I've uh, got uh, always optimistic and hopeful and uh, and that's not to say that uh, there aren't times when I get stressed. Uh, But uh, mental health is such an important part of being able to function well in society and, and to live with yourself. Our guest today uh, spoke at the Our City Toronto Conference back at the end of February. His name is Seth Aravalathan, and uh, he is a counselor. Uh, He's also been involved in church planting and uh, brings an informative session that uh, I think we we all need to be reminded of how important it is to take care of our mind and to have our mind uh, constantly being refreshed and renewed. So let's go now to hear Seth. A bit about me is uh, my family my family immigrated here in, in 1994, uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, one of my family members, it's not my story, but uh, one of my family members um, had a really tough time transitioning and that caused them to be uh, to be homeless and like that also like exacerbated his mental health right um, because of that my family like couch surfed a bit as well so we briefly experienced homelessness too uh, so I got really like interested um, in just the uh, mental health and also homelessness, right? Uh, Fast forward, uh, I did my degrees at York, so uh, initially I I did English Lit, but I'm like, why did I do this? Uh, I need need a job. So I went back and did a post degree in social work and then a master's in social work. And then I practiced psychotherapy at George Brown, CAMH, feelings at my own private practice. Right now I am uh, managing a clinical team at Woodgreen. So it's it's a modular housing complex like one of the new builds and uh, our goal is to help folks transitioning from being uh, chronically homeless stay housed. Right? So these folks have been almost for 10 plus years. So um, they have some like really cool like, stories of just hope and resilience as well, despite like all the adversity, right? So this is kind of a combination like of those like experiences like both personal and, and academic as well. So yeah. This is kind of like our uh, 
Now we'll review, like I covered the first two, two topics uh, already. We're kind of like, I think context like is so important. Data is like really, uh, really important. And so like I'm gonna share like a lot of that. However, like oftentimes like data can be in personal as well. So I'm gonna share some, some, uh, some anonymized stories as well. Um, okay, so I find like, I find in church, like there's at times like two extremes, right? There are people who are like super naturalists, right? So they're like, you have mental health like because you lack faith, pray more, right? We've all kind of maybe experienced it a bit. And then like on the other extreme, like you have uh, people like, who like purely pragmatic, uh, humanist, so they don't even like pray, pray about it. Like they're just like, let's just go to these like therapies and just like, that's how you deal with it, right? In our culture, the most radical place to be, like in most things, is in the middle, right? And so, like wherever you are, like on this spectrum, I think like I want us to actually consider the other side. Okay, so that's a goal here. Cover that. Okay, so right now in. Toronto, it's uh, such a unique time, right? There's a confluence of just like, numerous issues, right? So you have uh, COVID, like we just kind of coming out of that, maybe? Are we still like there? I'm not sure. You have like our hospitals at, at over capacity. We have uh, this surging opioid crisis and also like a lack of, um, of lack of like of portable housing, right? And like all these things, these kind of uh, tributaries like are kind of compounding the issue. So let's look at some of the data. So like this affirms like a lot of your assumptions that mental health like is on the rise. So in 2001, 17% uh, like of, of Ontario. So this is a data set of 2,000 on Ontarians. Okay, so that's a fair, fairly large like number. So like I was pretty confident with it. So you had 17% like back in uh, 2021 accessing. Mental health services. Last year, uh, there's there was twenty four. What's the math there, guys? What's the jump there? Seven, Go with math. Seven percent. Seven percent increase. Nice. Mathematicians here. Um, also, guys, like it's getting worse, right? So, like individuals. Sorry, that was a typo over there, but. Uh, People like who have had, who have mental health, like uh, in 2019, 48% per 
percent of them say like it got worse, right? More difficulty <coughs> access and service. So uh, 2019, 37% of Ontarians like in that data set found it actually difficult to find like access services. Right now, 2022, it's 43%. The people like most like impacted like by COVID, by uh, all those three confluences I spoke about, like are people like who are marginalized, right? So arguably like I like assert that folks who are homeless like are the most marginalized and uh, and like right now 67% of them experience some sort of like mental health right um, likewise addiction at times called substance use disorder is also tied to mental health and 68% of folks who were homeless experience uh, addiction. So if you go from like, let's say the most 1% privileged man to like folks like who are homeless, like the more marginalized like you are, the, the more likely you're uh, to experience mental health. Okay, so, okay guys, that was the city, okay, so like, maybe the church is different. Anybody want to say, yeah, probably different. You guys are like, hesitant. <laughs> okay, you guys are wise people. Um, so, guys, this data actually, I couldn't find like anything Toronto specific, couldn't find anything like Canada specific, because the there isn't really like data, right? Like there's some studies like maybe like analyzing a congregation, but like it wasn't enough, a large enough data set where I'm like confidently say this is the state we're in and Canadian churches. So I just borrowed US stats, right? There are people like LifeWay <laughs> there and partner group. So this is skewed, okay? So this is like a, American stats, but um, LifeWay did uh, research with uh, 2,000 plus congregants across America, and they said uh, the the respondents said 49% of them like experience experience anxiety, and 39% of them experienced it. Oh, this is something you guys would like. This was interesting. 65% of congregants wished that the church would, would talk more about mental health. Um, hopefully, like, as we're kind of doing this, like, you may lead a church where you're like, hey, maybe the implication is maybe I should talk about it more, right? Like at the pulpit, right? 
49% of pastors said uh, that they never talk about at all, right? Um, okay, key causes. So this could be somewhat divisive, right? So you have people like on like one end saying like it's, it's entirely like spiritual, the other folks like on the other end saying like it's biological. I think it's that actually all inextricably linked, right? Um, once again, like the goal like of this presentation is to kind of let's consider the other, right? So like if you like tend towards spiritual, you're like, okay, this person lacks faith, like let's maybe consider the other aspects like relational, like trauma or biological. Sometimes there's like hormone variances, right? Like or ABIs, right? Like acquired bear of brain injuries. Okay, so on like one end, like you would have people at church, like super naturalist, uh, would be like praying over you, be healed, Bill, right? And they're like expecting you to be okay. That's like maybe like a bit more charismatic, but there's like also maybe a bit more conservative churches like who are like, let me give you a couple Bible verses, right? Like, this is what you need, like, truth. Uh, on the other end, you have people like, not even, like, praying, not even, like, asking their church, like, ample God for healing, right? They're just purely humanist uh, in their approaches. So there's definitely uh, pros and cons like of both. So uh, let's consider them. This supernaturalist, like I love this, like they actually believe in God's power still to heal them, right? Uh, consider it's like, hey, like this is a right under like Ephesians six, right? That like our battle like isn't against flesh and blood, right? Uh, but there's this supernatural cosmic component as well. They believe in in uh, God's, oh sorry, uh, the efficiency and also authority of God. On the flip side, like there's been a lot of harm too, right? A lot of people, um, this is also like in the data. Um, didn't want to divulge like their mental health to people in the church because they felt like they would be judged. That uh, it was a personal sin issue, right? Uh, at times, like the whole like faith, praying, healing stuff is like very simplistic, right? Mental health can be complex, right? I think one of my biggest 
qualms with this approach like is that it also problem problematizes the individual right so um, it doesn't like look at factors like race gender uh, class like all of which like exacerbates mental health okay so for those of you who are leaning more towards the this super naturalist, so I had a person like tell me uh, I like to like ex uh, use like a multiple like modality approach like to addressing natural health, um, and I had like a staunch biblical counselor like tell me. No, like God's words, like God's words on me, right? And then I asked her, hey, what if you have a, a heart attack? Would you opt for that bypass or just pray? She was stuck, right? Because uh, she had assumed that like mental health like wasn't health right um, obviously like if you uh, if you suffer from diabetes like you would get get, get insulin right like you mm -hmm. wouldn't most people like wouldn't just pray it out right mm -hmm. um, and so for those of you like who kind of like lean more towards these Supernaturalist, be guided by this. Like all truth is God's truth. So truth in the world, if it's not in the Bible, like it doesn't necessarily conflict against the Bible, right? So like, well, bypass to clear clogged arteries, like that is true, right? But it's not in the Bible, right? Insulin to actually help with diabetes. That is true, but like not in the Bible, right? And so like those same applies for mental health. Like for some reason, the church has kind of thought of a mental health as this deficiency that's spiritual, although like they may not say it. People like act as though it is, right? Like, you lack faith. You need to pray more. You know what? You have sin in your life. That's why you have this, right? So, all of which is like, presupposes that mental health, like, isn't health, right? Okay, I'm gonna kind of share a story. So, like, these stories, like I shared, like, they're uh, totally anonymized and, like, what I've like encountered in my ministry experience. So I was actually uh, serving on, on the leadership team like uh, of a church. There was like a person there who was uh, diagnosed with bipolar. Um, and then like one day she comes in and says, hey, I've been healed, right? I'm like, I was like, I'm more like, okay, let's, let's talk cover this more, but there was a person there like who said, yeah, it's amazing, 
right? And so, and, uh, and then she stopped taking medication. Uh, what do you th think happened? Just cold turkey, didn't consult like her doctor, and just stopped. Yeah. yeah. She ended up back, like, back in the emergency <laughs> department, right? And I'm like, why would you not exploit? Like, people are like, the other, this person was like, that's amazing, like, God healed you. But there was no wisdom in just not, not exploring more, right? <laughs> now, like, she's back on her medication and she's doing well and, and has a more balanced view, right? Like, view of the issue. Okay, so, flip side here, okay? So this is, um, I think this is more gradualist, right? So I know a guy like who's been like addicted for like most of like of his like adult life. He's tried like various like humorous like approaches like rehab, addictions, treatment, like so forth. Like nothing worked like long term, right? But then he met two. Christians in the Park, who I know, and uh, he became a follower of, of Jesus, right? Right now, like, he's at one year of, of sobriety. That's, like, the longest he's gone. Wow, isn't this amazing? When, like, nothing else worked? Jesus, right? So, two extremes here, right? So, it's nuanced, right? Um, those of you here, like, who might be in this humanist camp. So, how this helps is, like, I love this, like, they humorous, so people, like, who kind of, like, lean, like, heavily again, like, on kind of man-made treatments, uh, believe mental health is, uh, is nuanced and also multi-layered, <coughs> relies more on the data and and ever and evidence based like approaches. There's this aim of like also like reducing like stigma. So like Bell Let's Talk, like that's been like huge and like really beneficial. I come from a cultural background. Tamil, like I can't even mention the word mental health like without being uh, shut down. Right? So totally different. Uh, the harms, yeah, they don't like acknowledge the power, power of God, like to do miraculous healing, right? It also like simplifies and also diminishes the role of the church. I think there's data out there actually. Once like when uh, when all the Churches actually went online. Like it did, did ex did exacerbate like beta isolation, loneliness, mental health. So that's important to know. So if you are humanist, consider this. This is from Ephesians six. 
uh, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the, uh, the, uh, the heavenly realms. Okay, here's a Trajan story, right? Um, once again, these are people I know. So, um, Jaden, like, he was addicted to, to pornography since his early teens. He's tried, like, numerous conventional approaches to addressing it. He did, he completed them this uh, restoration prayer, which is this kind of systematic way of kind of, like, I identifying, confessing, repenting. And so like through that process, like he kind of like discovered um, childhood like issues like that, that exacerbated this. So once he actually went through this process, he didn't look at pornography again. So amazing, right? On the flip side here, so Jacob's story, uh, he's been a Christian for 20 years, experienced like anxiety, panic attacks, um, he tried everything, like he knew that like, you know, God was powerful, God could heal him, so I like, kept praying, tried to have like faith, but like nothing more. Then one day, he just started uh, using uh, Using it, using SSRI. So this is uh, this is this is anxiety medication, right? But then, like, he just like loves life. He's there with his kids more. He just serves at church more. Like, loves God more. His is in the word more. All because like he started taking taking SSRIs. Right? Okay, implications. This is what I want has to do. So there's a lot of like knowledge in this room, but also based like on these slides, like so far, like and the data and the and the stories, I want us to kind of workshop. How does this like impact like your ministries? How should this data like impact what you do? So you can break off into. Group to three, and then like uh, one speaker to kind of like share. All right, guys, uh, please keep this going, like going afterwards. Okay, uh, there'll be coffee, snacks, so lots of time to like keep this going. But uh, just really curious to hear from hear from each group. Let's start over here. Oh. <laughs> Well, we spent some time talking about how finances could be a bit of a barrier right, in terms of people that we're ministering to. So that was one thing that we brought up. Uh, one interesting, I think, thought that we have is where can pastors sort of fit in? So we know there's a huge need in this area, but pastors and ministry leaders, we're not psychotherapists, but I wonder... Is it welcomed for us to serve in like 
maybe pre-care work and post-care work, but not in the psychotherapy work, obviously, because we're not licensed. And what would that look like? So we talked a little bit about that, but we're, you know, that would be an idea to explore. So I'm gonna end this like just with a bunch of resources. So uh, that is coming, but good point. Uh, how is there? Is there more? No, that was it. I was <laughs> <laughs> not enough time, but you know. Yeah, I'm sorry, but <laughs> okay. Uh, how about you guys? I'll try to summarize quickly, but. It, it, because it, it's it's not a simple answer, um, and it's not just going in and getting a quick surgery. Um, it has to be a holistic approach. Yeah. It can't be just a prayer. It can't be just uh, seeing a, a, a psychotherapist. It can't be just medication. Um, and and uh, and finding each each segment of of the process needs to recognize the other avenues that need to be addressed. Yeah, I mean, really, we, we agree. There needs to be a blending. Yeah. We don't want to leave out the supernatural component, mm -hmm. and we don't want to ignore uh, the people who have studied and spent their life uh, professionally. Uh, we don't want to ignore them and say they're no good either. There has to be a blending how about the the biggest group I've seen ever over there? <laughs> um, so so our group um, really like the the two circles where we say we need to consider the other one. Mm -hmm. So we were saying that um, we really have to um, not just um, if someone is struggling with uh, a mental disability not just like take them to all the prayer meetings and have to be praying for them, but um, consider like um, uh, medical, medical assistance for that person so that um, it could just be like a light medication they need that will help them function at a normal capacity. Yeah. And um, we also said like also reassuring people who might be struggling with like a mental illness, reassure them that they're, that that they're loved, that they're cared for by your words and our actions yeah. around them. Yeah. And um, that was his example. Nice, yeah. Nice. I, <laughs> well, I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, amen, brother. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah good. And I think one of, the, one of the things that we also came up with in terms of like um, how we can tie like being pastors or spiritual leaders with people who are struggling. We mentioned that, you know, like a pastor would give a sermon, that's the way this over there. They give a sermon where they get four application points for you to um, implement in your life, and then you will see growth, you will get to the next level and all that stuff. Um, but we're saying that they should also say like, hey, um, if, you, if you're implementing these four application points, and you're struck, there might be someone who's struggling with a mental illness or a disability that they're not able to implement those those um, application points, but then you're as the pastor, you're saying like, why is these people not getting it? Like all they have to do is these four simple things, and then they will see all the breakthrough that they're believing for. But just making it where the pastor could say, um, if you're having a hard time implementing uh, these four points, um, we have like a support worker, a social yeah. worker, a counselor who 
you can book an appointment with, um, or we can help you find someone who you can speak to to to, to help you to to um to um so you can implement the spiritual aspect uh, without shunning you thinking that because there's something wrong with you that you're not able to apply the word of God to your life. So uh, yeah, so we were just talking about how we can bridge the gap with it too. Cool. Yeah, kind of like. Mental health is like very like unique like amongst amongst uh, amongst uh, each person, right? So kind of having a more tailored tailored approach, right? Yeah, absolutely. Last but not least, the vice spectacle. I guess you could we could sum up what we were talking about is try everything, um, okay. and build bridges to different approaches. As ministers, we lean toward the spiritual end first because yeah. that's what we know, right? And that's, you know, what we can immediately provide. You know, I can pray for you right now yeah. and we'll see what happens. Um, but we don't always think about the, the physical or the medical end first, um, maybe because of some stigma or also just because this is, this is what we know. But we need to make sure that those bases are covered as well and you know make sure that the the relational part or the or the physical the brain chemistry part is addressed and uh, and then we just leave the results into God's hands because he can use any of these various tools yeah, yeah. to totally. help anyone in various ways because yeah. he knows exactly what you know the the makeup of all the cause of their struggles is and whether it's going to be a spiritual solution or a medical solution or a relational solution or forgiveness or whatever, you know, he can use any of it. Mm -hmm. And so we should be working to connect people yeah. to all of the things. You know, <laughs> a very holistic approach. The holistic approach right. is, yeah. is the bottom line. Yeah. And what does that really mean? The whole person, body, mind, and soul. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I found. God does, you can't divorce or separate the, the, the spiritual from the natural because God is all there both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I found that in ministry that, wow, it's God. Can, some people that God is supernaturally healed, uh, schizophrenia that I've experienced, yeah. uh, um, um, uh, bipolar, drug addiction, totally for some of the people, that, and then, but others not. Yeah. We don't know why. Yeah. But we just leave that in God's hands. So we call that holistic, and, and and let God work, and just not limit. You know, we we can't play God. So I think it's really important to understand that. Like Luke was a physician, right? So so of course Christ wasn't saying that you don't need medicine, but He can. And so God is supernatural, and we just trust in Him and minister to them in love, and He heals the whole person with or without. So uh, now's the time I, I promised like a bit of a resource dump. So uh, I know uh, you guys wanted tools, so Holistic also spelled that wrong, so I apologize. Um, okay, so speaking of like the whole s supernatural kind of realm and also the more humanist approaches, like I kind of included two here, uh, one from each category. So, 
Restoration prayer, like, um, I went through this th um, eight years ago to a church called Sanctus Church. Um, and so it was this uh, process, like, by which, like, I went through systematically confessing and also repenting of things, right? So, like, that was huge for me, right? So, like, me and my, like, other struggles kind of like more easy to kind of work through. So it's like kind of like a multi-step kind of process. Like we do a spiritual inventory like of things uh, in our family, like and then we uh, then we meet again, like and there's a time of confession, like and repentance. Um, and so uh, the archetype like of this at Sanctus Church was Beth, in part, like Beth Graff, like who I actually uh, occasionally go to still for spiritual direction. So uh, she's a great like resource to kind of like uh, to unpack that. <coughs> so you can definitely, or maybe like you want to go through your own kind of like um, restoration prayer, right? So like Beth would be a good person there. To learn, like read, like more about restoration prayer, like check out Unbound by by Neil Lozano and, and the Steps to Freedom in Christ by Neil T. Anderson. On the flip side here for the more like practical piece, like I think Mental health first aid is great. So uh, if you or a loved one is experiencing uh, mental health issues, like that, this is a whole day training. So I think it's like definitely like worthwhile going to, and it's also 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 uh, evidence based, right? In that people like who employ techniques like learned here have been like a effectively able to to help people experiencing distress right one thing uh for that like a trainer like i like he's named mike fishoff you can uh go through the training like i think like every minister should go through this so check out lifesaver.live. Lastly, so these are some like tools that you guys can put in, in your toolbox. Um, and so like, I've explored all of these, right? So like algae, this is a kind of what you will learn like and, and expand upon in uh, mental health first aid. So like how you can assess Assess for for suicide risk and harm. Uh, how to actually actually listen and empathize non-judgmentally. How to actually give reassurance and information. How to encourage like them to get professional help and also how to encourage uh, self-help and other. Strategies, right? 
something that's cool, like um, I've used them like lately in the sh in the shelters, is that uh, they're doing a pilot called the Toronto Community Crisis Service. So this is kind of uh, they deploy a van of just like multi disciplinary people, like no cops. And so uh, these are these are experts that kind of come on the scene and would like help someone like if they're in like severe distress. The one kind of so you would call them like either via nine one one or two one one. The one like con is like they do have like certain catchments because it is, because uh, it is a pilot project. So uh, I think Jane and Finch is included in that, but also Scarborough and like downtown West, like Padan area. Also like if ever like you're encountering like a person like you don't know what to do with, like they're in like distress, you can always just go to the emergency room, right? I think um, that's so much pressure to kind of put on yourself to kind of like save this person, right? The Our City Toronto Conference uh, is meeting a great need as we've now had uh, about four different conferences uh, over a few years. And uh, we would love to be able to uh, bring an Our City Conference to your city. Uh, if that's something that you might be interested in, get in touch with me and let's see what we can arrange. Well, on our next episode, we're going to hear one more episode from uh, Our City Conference uh, in 2023. And uh, the next is a panel discussion on pastoring in the city. Dwayne Henry uh, has a panel consisting of Godfrey Adderley, Jesse Knight, Olu Jagade, and Joel Spiridigliosi. And uh, this is uh, just a fun and informative session coming up, so be sure to come back. And uh, we podcast uh, on the 1st and 15th of every month. So until next time, this is Kevin Rogers, and you're listening to Sidewalk Skyline Podcast.